Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Let's talk about tight end dynasty rankings next on Fantasy Football Today in 5. Welcome to FFT and 5. I'm Chris Towers here with Heath Cummings. And Heath, you updated your tight end dynasty rankings in uh, January. Not much has changed since then, I presume. But it's a really interesting position when you're talking about a dynasty perspective. Obviously, if you're just looking at 2023, that Travis Kelsey guy remains the number one option at the position. He's the biggest advantage you can get at any position, I would argue, in fantasy football. He outscored the number two tight end, I believe, by 98 fantasy points in PPR scoring this season. And even though he is, at this point, pretty much in his mid-30s, he's shown no signs of slowing down. And I'm not sure we should expect it at any point. I mean, there will be some signs of, of slowing down at some point, but no reason to think he shouldn't be the top tight end for 2023, but he is not your number one dynasty tight end, right? No, it is still Mark Andrews. Andrews six years younger than Kelsey, and while he did have a down year last year, I still think you look at what he's done the last two years when he's been on the field with Lamar Jackson. It's been 15 fantasy points per game each of the last two seasons. It's supposed to be Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts was tight end one for a year and a half. And then it, I just finally got to the point where I could not do that anymore because, listen, there are at least half the teams in your league that are probably trying to win. And there's no justification for them taking Kyle Pitts over Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey. It's not particularly close right now. Hopefully it will be soon. Pitts is number three, Andrews number one, Kelsey number two. Yeah, I think you and I are kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum for the 2023 rank, as if I remember. I have Kyle Pitts as my number three tight end for 2023. You have him like sixth, right? I think so, but I don't think that's opposite ends. I think there are people that have them at like 11 <laughs> sure. or 12. So I think I'm just in the middle. I'm, I'm reasonable. Um, no, I, and I don't know. He might, he might, depending on the quarterback situation. Um, I'm kind of thinking, though, it's going to be Desmond Ritter, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts, and I don't think that's going to work. Yeah, Drake London entering his second year wide receiver. Very, very good rookie season, especially given the context of the offense they performed in. Kyle Pitts obviously had a thousand yards in his rookie season. Who's a uh, a tight end that moved up in your rankings since the start of this season? Uh, a couple of young, well, one young guy and then one kind of veteran who's younger than when you would think. But uh, Greg Dulcich and sure. David Njoku. Um, like the Broncos made it evident, and that's a different different group now. So we'll see if that's still true. But as soon as Dulcich got healthy, Albert Okwegbunam, who was one of the biggest fallers, remember where we had him ranked at the beginning of this season? Oh boy! Um, it, it was clear they prefer Dulcich as their tight end one, and he performed well, earned five targets a game as a rookie. That is a very good mark. So he moved up into my top twelve, and David Njoku right behind him. He's still just twenty seven years old, basically the same man age as Mark Andrews and with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback could have a very bright future. TJ Hawkinson probably didn't move very much in your rankings. He's your tight end four in your dynasty rankings. Mm -hmm. uh, I assume he was in that same range prior to the season, but what is your, you know, medium term outlook? Let's say the next two seasons for TJ Hawkinson going into his last year on his rookie <laughs> contract with the Vikings and then 
you know, potentially into free agency. I think you have an advantage if you have TJ Hawkinson a tight end. It's just your advantage might be one or two points per game, two or three points per game, as opposed to what you might get from Andrews or Kelsey. Yeah. Um, I, I do expect he's very, very safe as one of those guys who is going to be a starting tight end. And if I draft him, I don't have to think about it anymore. Um, definitely safer than Kittle, safer than Waller. I would say maybe even safer than Goddard and safer than Pitts. But I'm not sure he has the upside of any of those guys. So I'd feel pretty confident if you said, tell me a tight end who is going to finish somewhere between third and eighth over the next three years. Hawkinson would be my pick. Yeah, I do have Kyle Pitts ranked ahead of TJ Hawkinson for 2023. I know Hawkinson is probably going to settle in as the consensus number three tight end. For me, it's exactly what you said. TJ Hawkinson should be a solid starter, especially in PPR leagues. What we saw in Minnesota was just a ton of targets. I think it was like 130 target pace uh, if you stretch it out over a full season. The problem was he averaged like nine yards per catch. He wasn't a big play guy. There weren't really a lot of touchdown opportunities there. So I think he's, like you said, for 2023 and beyond, a safe, probably high floor, low ceiling option at tight end. Who's a tight end who's fallen in your rankings who you know isn't Albert Okawabenham? Yeah, I mean, there, there's another guy in that same vein, and we were just talking about uh, TJ Hawkinson, but Irv Smith, yep. who, you know, at 24 years old going into last year, really there was some reason for optimism. He got hurt again. They traded for Hawkinson. Maybe Irv Smith catches on with another team, but he's outside of the top 25 tight ends, and he was a top 12 guy entering the season. If you want to go a little bit higher in than that, um, it was really disappointed, and this could be a guy who bounces back, but Mike Gesicki. Um, just completely disappeared from that game plan. And it feels like it's going to take a very specific team and or person who sees what Gasicki can do and wants that to be a part of their offense to resurrect his career. Yeah, he's he's got some downfield skills, but with the ball in his hands, he leaves a lot to be desired. That did not fit in with Mike McDaniel's offense and what he wanted from the tight end position. Obviously, also not a great blocker, Mike Gasicki, more of a, really, really big slot wide receiver than anything else. So definitely has some potential. We've seen him be a good fantasy option before, but he's got to land in the right spot heading into free agency. That's going to do it for FFT and five. We'll continue to talk dynasty over the next couple of weeks leading up to the NFL draft and free agency. We'll see you then. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.